Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of This Is My Bourbon Podcast. I am your host, Perry. With me, as he pretty much normally is anymore, it's Swan, formerly known as the Bourbon Finder. Yeah. Are uh, you still the Bourbon Finder? Um, I find it in my house sometimes, but I don't really go out to... <laughs> <laughs> Don't really go out to find it. It's a, it's it's a nice so surprise, hard, man. It's so hard to go find what you need. I, I I was reading a post on Reddit earlier today, actually, of a guy who was complaining about hunting for bourbon even in Kentucky, and saying that he went into a store where the guy was basically asking six hundred dollars for any of the bottles out of the Weller lineup. Mm-hmm. And I was like, the hunt is just so not worth it anymore. No. And when I was doing it, when I started, like, it was almost guaranteed you were going to find something Buffalo Trace at least two to three times a month. Well, yeah, and I mean, now it's just Buffalo Trace. Yeah. Or just Ancient Age. Just Ancient there, Age, yeah. There is no stumbling across Special Reserve anymore. Yeah. Or even Antique 107. It's just impossible. It is, yeah. But picks. Picks are a beautiful thing. Picks are where it is at and i will be uh, a pick finder i'll do that <laughs> i will do that i'll just be the pick drinker there you go how's that sound a 15 year almost 15 year knob creek Ooh, nice yes. pickup yes so i apologize uh first off if my voice sounds a little bit uh deader than normal uh we are coming off of the marathon that was us banking six episodes last week plus the normal recorded episode um, and then I double up on live streams on Thursday night when I was on Clifton Bourbon Bites stream, as he was also on mine, the hour before. And I uh, had a full weekend of drinking, so I apologize that I'm a little bit, <laughs> I'm a little bit further in the, into my throat than I normally am. But uh, that's okay. We're going to keep the energy high. We're not actually doing much bourbon this week. We are doing an Armagnac episode. Which I'm really yep. excited about. We're going to talk uh, a little bit of news. We're going to talk about some TTB filings like we have been recently. Mm-hmm. We're also going to be talking about the history of Armagnac just a bit. Uh, nothing too in-depth, but just to kind of set the stage for us uh, to understand what it is that we're actually going to be drinking. But before we get to all of that, I think I should probably welcome anybody who's a new listener to the show. Absolutely. You might be, might be coming off of... Uh, your first time listening after the Jack Maxwell interview uh, from last week, which, by the way, uh, thank you all so much for, for checking that out because it was one of my favorite interviews I've ever gotten to do. I, want, I don't want to beat the dead horse too much, uh, but y'all have really responded well to that interview, and I appreciate everybody who has shared it around and, uh, and checked out the show for the very first time. So if you're new here, welcome. If you're a returning guest, listener that's not the right way to say that also welcome also welcome <laughs> my brain will start working about halfway through this i guarantee it so we'll we'll see about that uh, and also if you've not subscribed to the show yet please do that in your podcast app uh download the episodes of course share it around with your friends leave us a five-star rated interview and if you would please be so considerate as to consider becoming a patron of the show at patreon.com slash my bourbon podcast for as little as a dollar a month and for as little as five dollars a month you get bonus content which uh, i'm a little bit behind on from the past couple of weeks but i'm working on it we're gonna get there soon i hope we're gonna we're gonna see i i've got some news to add as well when we get to the news section cool well, we're not quite to the news yet. We do have to start out with Flying Blind. And what you've been drinking recently. Right, which we're going to 
I've, I've got a good what you've been drinking recently. Uh, but Flying Blind. This was, one's been supplied. This, this it one. has. This was from listener of the show, Fred Gilbert, who came into town. What was it? Was that last week? It was no, last No, that week. was another thing that we did. Thursday. <laughs> no, that was Wednesday. Well. <laughs> See, everything just blends together when you've been recording a bunch of Berman podcasts. If you're recording like a normal podcast, I feel like banking can be exhausting, but also like you're not putting your body through the the intensity of consuming so much alcohol. Mm-hmm. So I would not recommend banking a bunch of bourbon podcast episodes or, yeah. or whiskey podcast episodes, but at the same time, I had fun. I did. I had fun but in the moment. <laughs> there's not many podcasts where you require a DD to get home. Like yeah. It's, I'm already home, Glenn. I'm already home, Glenn. <laughs> So, yes, Fred dropped off this uh, this sample along with a few other samples for us as well. A couple of them we're actually going to be drinking uh, this evening. And all the, he has given us no information aside from the email that was sent to me, which I haven't even looked at. Um, but there's a big letter O oh. on uh, these sample bottles. So I'm going to go in for a nose. Have you noticed it already, Swan? I have. I've been living in this nose, I'm going to be honest with you. Whoa, it's nutty. It is nutty. Nut City population, this bourbon or whiskey, whatever it is. <laughs> Sometimes thanks I to the new like, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I just take a step back and pretend like I'm listening to the podcast, <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh wait, I have to talk." <laughs> you were a listener of the show before you were a co-host. I did. I did so. like thirty something episodes before uh-huh. I ever ever talked into a mic. <laughs> All right. Well. Cheers, I suppose. Let's do it. Whoa. It tastes finished. It tastes finished, yeah. At, whoa. That is different. I have no idea what that is. I don't either. I have no idea what I'm drinking. <laughs> I'm having a hard time picking stuff out, too. I mean, it does have that kind of round sweetness that comes with like a like a port-finished or a Cabernet-finished whiskey. I'm I don't even know if it's a bourbon. I'm out if it's a bourbon. Yeah, yeah I... I I'm not even entirely sure. Maybe it's a rum. It could be. Yeah. No, this definitely has the coloring of a rum. I I would agree with that. Or it's a, got that sugary sweetness, too, mm-hmm. that barrel-aged rum has. I mean, it's definitely got barrel finish. I'm not getting a lot of corn. I'm not getting a lot of malt. I I think it's completely devoid of malt. Yeah. No, no real rye content, either. So, I mean, either they've muted the flavors so much with, like, a finishing, or it's just not bourbon. But this is super, super friendly. Yeah, it's incredibly easy to drink. Yeah. I like it a lot. I'm having a hard time describing what flavor I'm getting. I know. I know. It, it, it's really hard to pinpoint this. Honestly, at this point, if it's not a rum, it could be a, a, a rum-finished bourbon. A bourbon finished in rum. It could be. Or maybe vice versa. I don't know. Do you want to find out? Heck and confused. Got no <laughs> idea what's going on. All right. From Fred Gilbert himself. Oh, wow. I O is for Old Medley 12-year at 86.8 proof. This is not... This doesn't remind me of Old Medley at uh-uh. all. 
He says, hopefully, hopefully you guys thought it tasted dusty. I think it does, in addition to being one of the most flavorful low proofers I've ever had. Plenty of people talking crap about it, as we've discussed. The more I drink, the more whiskeys I find that I love and many hate. I think that's where I'm having problem is it's so flavorful to not be high proof. Yeah. So I'm just really, conf- it's confusing. Because <laughs> usually when I'm getting this level of flavor, it's it's up there. It's in Flavortown. Yeah. It, only thing I have to dig on it really is just the fact that it's kind of one note, but it's like very delightful. But it's, it's I don't feel like it's one note. I think it's just really well balanced. Yeah, in its flavors, it meaning that it, it it really does just have so much going on that it's kind of it's just difficult to distinguish. Yeah, and its continuity is there from like nose to palate. That is mm-hmm. the exact same flavor. Uh, so that's impressive. Now, Fred, thank you so much for sending us this uh, this flying blind. We really do appreciate it. And uh, you know, if you guys would like to send us samples, hit us up. This is my bourbon shop at gmail dot com or at my bourbon pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And uh, we can work something out because we always appreciate anybody who is sending us samples. It's real good. It's cool stuff. And we appreciate uh, the community looking out for us and and whatnot. Uh, Swan, I got a question for you. What's that? What the heck have you been drinking recently? Oh, (laughs) everything. No, actually, Jim Bean Distiller, Scott. Yeah, you said you... uh, I had a good deal of it over this past weekend. Yeah, I, I was honestly just looking at my shelf, and I was like, what's kind of like not super high proof that I could have that would mix well if I wanted to, that yeah. Diane could have some of it? And I was like, Stiller's Cut, you're coming yeah. with me, buddy. So I took it out of that little crapped box it was in and threw that whole thing away and cracked it open <laughs> and drank the entire thing over the course of about five days. Yeah, that's, that's the champ, I know. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> it was great. Um day drinking man it's a it's a wild thing it's good it's good stuff if you can uh you know if you can get it if you don't have work and if you don't do it all the time if you don't have work it's fantastic <laughs> what's day drinking to you when- day drinking to me is if you have a drink before noon Ooh, okay yeah i mean everyone says five o'clock realistically i have a super weird schedule where i get up at like kind of like a you know, two and a half shift, not quite third shift, but like, you know, it's it's in the in between third shift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to facilitate that switch over. Yeah. So, you know, somebody's five o'clock is my, you know, one. Sure. So really, it's not that <laughs> strange for me to drink relatively early compared to others. But before noon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Day I think drinking. that's I think that's a good definition. Mm-hmm. I don't think I had any day drinking this weekend. Oh, no, maybe I did. Yeah, I think I had a beer before noon on Saturday. Oh, that's light stuff. That's that is even, light stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had a a, a, a new beer to me, mm-hmm. uh, the Founders Oktoberfest, which How uh, was that? it's really good. Mm-hmm. I, I'm finding more and more that I'm just a big fan of anything that Founders puts out. I really have not had anything bad from. I know you're not a beer guy. I apologize for no maybe talking you off a little bit about it. I will but. say the founder stuff to me. I've got a lot of friends that are big beer guys. Yeah, and as soon as I see something, I was like, I've not seen that packaging before. I usually send it. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's they are very known for putting out quality stuff. Between that and when I catch a you know case or two of zombie dust sitting around, I usually send you guys that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, I, I've got a couple of those left over in the fridge. 
Um, also got to try the uh, new riff backsetters. Uh, how was that? Different. Different? It, definitely different. I, I think I, it really... People always ask, what's the best scotch to give bourbon drinkers to transition them into being a scotch drinker, or mm-hmm. at least being more... Um, you know, comfortable with that that flavor profile, especially once you get to the peated scotches. Um, and now I have two different answers. It's either the, uh, I think it's Glenfiddich that does the bourbon cask. It's the 14 yeah, year. Glenfiddich 14. Or this this backsetter peated bourbon from, yeah. from New Riff. Honestly, I like the bourbon better than I do the rye. I think the bourbon's got more complex flavors to it than the rye does. I meant to actually get a couple of samples uh, from Dustin over the weekend before I came back, and I didn't get a chance to. Uh, so maybe, <clears throat> maybe we can get Ian to send us a little bit of <laughs> some new riff samples so we can talk about it. On does he show. have new riff? Do you think he has any new? Riff? I don't think he's ever heard of new riff before. Mm. Do you? He, <laughs> he definitely has because I got to the uh, <laughs> I got to our Airbnb and they had a bourbon barrel and I looked and I saw it and it has that little like new riff logo on the top of yeah. it. And I was just like, oh, Ian, where's he? Oh, Oh, I'm in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> no, he's he's definitely uh, knows all about it. He is indeed. <clears throat> Speaking of scotches, and especially peated ones, I did this live stream. I mentioned it a little bit earlier, or a joint live stream, rather, with Clifton from Bourbon Bites, where we tried a whole bunch of cast-strength scotch samples uh, from our buddy Don Nishida all the way in Hawaii. And uh, the last three that we tried were peated scotches, only one of a few times that I'd ever tried peated scotches, and uh, surprisingly, I wasn't overly offended by them, <laughs> if All that right. makes sense. I didn't, I will say this, I didn't not enjoy them. I, 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 it took me a little bit to get my, my palate wrapped around it, and the last one that I tried, or last one that we tried, was the Octomore 10.4. And everybody, everybody always says that Octomore is that the one, mm-hmm. the one that's either going to turn you away or convince you. Uh, and I, I'm not saying that I'm a I'm a sold Scotch drinker. I still would definitely prefer my bourbon. Mm-hmm. But if push came to shove, I don't think I'd be too upset about it. Yeah, I could I could see that. I don't. I'm terrified still. Well, that's a good thing because uh, I think we are going to be recording a little extra episode after we get done here where you try some some scotches oh my god i'm ready why did i sign up for this i'm so excited i (laughs) volunteer i made this idea well let's hop into some news uh of the week we got a few things that we need to touch on as far as releases a little bit of big news swan you said that you had something you wanted to talk about as well i do it just got announced a little while ago really it's so new that i haven't even seen it yeah i don't know how to pronounce this but bardstown bourbon company is putting out a new release called distill air uh finished bourbon it's a collaboration with Copper and Kinks, or Copper and Kinks. Copper and Kinks. Copper and Kinks. <laughs> Copper and Kinks. Uh, but it's they know a, they know what you like. Yeah. Copper and Kinks. Well, kind of, because it's another <laughs> orange curacao, just like really. The, yeah. So they're doing that, and look at the color, man. Oh my gosh, that's wild. That is super orange. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> uh, but no, that's that's another release that I uh 
didn't expect to see out of that. I have no idea. Some very, very interesting stuff. Yeah. Chad and Sarah just did a live stream this week where they tried a bunch of the finished Barstown mm-hmm. Bourbon Company. And as soon as releases. they updated it and made everyone know that they've tried each one of them, they're like, let's drop a new one. Let's <laughs> put a new one on there. <laughs> so did they try the Armagnac finished one? I actually haven't. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I didn't get a chance to watch it. the live stream. Yeah, I got about 30 minutes in and something came up. You saw Chad today. I did, yeah. Went over. <laughs> you should have You should have asked him for I a should've. sample of Armagnac. I, sh- I definitely should have. That's all right. Yeah. It's all right. We'll um, do something. We'll do a bonus episode on it sometime. Yeah. I'm just going to keep going, man. I'm just going to keep reading them off. If they're on there, we'll just mark them off yeah. the list there. <laughs> I haven't been able to look at our recording materials. <laughs> should probably do that. You know, be prepared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, that's really cool. I'm excited to see what that product is like. I really did not mind uh, the, um, what was the, the actual release from Heaven Hill with their orange curacao. Oh, it was finish. the Parker's Heritage. Ah, the Parker's. Thank you. Yeah. I couldn't remember if it was Parker's or William Heaven Hill, uh, where they did the orange curacao finish. I kind of liked it. I didn't think it was that bad. Yeah. I was really surprised by it, especially hearing a bunch of people just taking a dump on it. It was pricey for what it was, but it, it not bad was a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, yeah. The second thing, the fourth chapter of Little Book. Yeah, we actually are going to be talking about that a little bit. You want to go ahead and jump into it? Yeah, sure. Let's yeah, do let's it. let's do it. So this is going to be uh, Little Book Chapter Four, and this is a really really interesting blend here. Uh, do do you want to talk about it since you brought it up, Bud? Yeah. Um, so this one is a four year old Kentucky straight brown rice bourbon, uh-huh. and an eight year old Kentucky straight high rye whiskey, uh, and a seven year old Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, all mixed with one man in mind. <laughs> so uh that's yeah. what they put in the article here so this uh this is fred no freddie knows uh, pet project over at, at jim beam and he said that a lot of this uh this particular blend is it, basically in honor to uh, in honor of his father fred no uh the son of booker no of course and uh, i it, it's i think if i read correctly the brown rice uh, is from the first product that he distilled um, oh, wow. while he was at, uh, or when he first started at the distillery. Um, and I, I think that's uh, I think that's really cool. Um, or excuse me, no, it says it reminds him of the first project he distilled uh, on his own uh, after years from, from working with his dad. Uh, it's going to be 122.8 proof, and it's actually going to be $125. Um. It's a little steep, but after trying the last two, um, being I'm I don't know I'm I'm more and more impressed. Little Book Chapter Three was really good. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I think actually Little Book Three either made it into my top ten mm-hmm. or my honorable mentions from last year. I can't remember yeah. for sure. And the one before that had that like ridiculously aged Canadian whiskey. Is that like a forty year old Canadian whiskey or something? Insane? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that one was kind of like man. I guess people just saw the forty year old thing on there and really expected a lot from it. Yeah. Um, and then I've still got some of the chapter one, and I, I like dipping into it every once in a while. I've got a sample around here somewhere that you gave me of of chapter one. Yeah, it's not it's not on the table. I looked at the table like it was just going to magically appear, but Oof. when I moved studios, I. Uh, Everything got boxed up. It's somewhere. <laughs> I know. I know it's here. But uh, I, I think this one might be a might be a try before I buy kind of deal. Uh, yeah. Just because of a the price and b 
Uh, the fact that it's really got some younger product in it. Um, I, I, I really don't know about a four-year-old brown rice bourbon. I don't know what that would look like. So it's, I just don't know. Yeah. So we'll find out. Maybe we'll have to get a sample from from the old Jim Beam distillery. Mm-hmm. Here's some really cool news. Speaking of distilleries, T.W. Samuels is going to be revived as the old Samuels distillery. Okay. Now, this is a couple weeks old in terms of news, but this is something that I wanted us to, to touch on because we are big proponents of T.W. Samuels' bottled and bond that comes from Heaven Hill. Yes. And it does make me wonder if that product, product rather, product <laughs> is actually still going to stay at Heaven Hill. Um, it, it's going to be called the Old Samuels Distillery. So, I, I mean, there's a chance that the, the actual T.W. Samuels label could stay with with Heaven Hill. Um, but I don't, I don't know, man. It's so funny because, uh, like, right before this got announced... I lent you a book that had a bunch of pictures that were that were snapped, and I apologize, I can't remember the name of the book or the the photographer, but it was pictures of old distilleries before or while they were still in disrepair, and uh, you know it it had what is now Castle and Key, it had the old Crow Distillery, it had the the revived Pepper Distillery mm-hmm. here in town, and one of the ones that they featured pretty prominently was the the Samuels Distillery. Nice. Too. And it was so funny because I was thinking, oh, it would be great for somebody to, um, you know, to bring this brand back. And sure enough, a couple days later, this was announced. So are are you excited about this? I mean, it's it's cool to see another distillery get added to to the list. It is, yeah, it is. I'm curious what their gimmick's going to be. So, like, every distillery's kind of got their lane that they really kind of are, you know, prideful of like Castle and Key was bottled and bond and kind of reviving that that lineage that they had. So I'm I'm curious to see what the old Samuels distillery is going to, you know, what their claim to fame is going to be cuz right mm-hmm. now they just have TW Samuels. It's a plastic handle that comes out in a 175 and generally sits on the bottom shelf until one of us comes along and realizes <laughs> 4 year old 20 bucks handle I'm, I'm out of my last handle you're coming with me buddy i mean that's that's really all it's doing right now so i'm i'm curious to see what they want to do with it yeah i am too i think that uh asking the question of what their what's their gimmick gonna be is the big question yeah because uh, again what's setting you apart because you got yeah. a lot of competition right where you're at yeah and they're they're going into a space that is fully equipped for mass production Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying that you know they're going to be using all the old boilers and stills and everything. They could be. I think that would be really cool uh, to have basically a revived product of the past yeah. being brought back to life. That's not just you know a, a label or something that's been sold to another distillery or company, and and they actually are using some of the same processes and some of the same methods behind creating their whiskey. So, I, I mean, if it's easy to restore all of that equipment to working order, cool, great. I would love to see that happen. 
is it going to be that easy? Probably not. Oh, no. Probably not. No. So, not at all. It is what it is, but I'm just, I, I'm, I'm pretty excited for it. I think it's going to be really cool. So, that's that. Goose Island has announced uh, the, the anniversary 10-year-old Bourbon County Stout. Uh, and I actually said Bourbon County this time. I didn't say Boone County like I've been saying <laughs> a bunch recently. Uh, th- this is a big release for them this year. They're going to be taking uh, their, their Bourbon County Stout uh, and aging it in a, a couple of different things. One is going to be some Weller 12 barrels. Nice. Which is really awesome. Nice. And the 2020 uh, Old Forester barrels as well. That's interesting. I'm surprised they went with 2020 barrels. I feel like it would be kind of hard to I get know. those. I think it's 2020. I believe it is, at least. Oh, well, nope. I apologize. It's from a, a different release of uh, of Old Forester. You know, I would say I wish they would disclose it, but also uh, none of these are going to sit on the shelf. No, no, not at all. So I don't think they really care. Nah. Nor should they. I'm sure it's phenomenal. (laughs) Uh, They've also got some other big releases uh, coming out for this line as well. Goose Island Bourbon County Stout, of course, they're normal. Uh, The Bourbon County Kentucky Fog Stout, Special Number 4 Stout, Caramella Ale. I don't even know what that is. Uh, proprietors bourbon county stout uh the birthday bourbon county stout and the anniversary uh and i believe that the birthday and the anniversary are the aforementioned birthday bourbon from old forester and the weller 12 from buffalo trace yeah that's all you buddy just checked it out that is all you i'll be uh i'll be i'll be hunting for these or at least putting the word out to some folks so i'm looking forward to trying these uh, Bourbon County Stout's always consistently been one of my favorites, my favorite yearly beer releases. So, Maker's Mark is also putting out their newest wood finishing series. I have a bone to pick with Maker's Mark, man. Do you? Can you guys come up with a freaking name for these? <laughs> I mean, I guess you don't have to because RC6 was so flavorful and so good. Yeah, yeah. But what is that name, man? Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. What is it? I uh, SE four PR five? Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> a marriage of virgin toasted American and French oak staves. Uh but it does say that the distillery is going to be naming each annual release uh moving forward. Okay. Thank goodness. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> So uh, yeah, it's going to be a blend of some uh, some different finished bourbons that they they will put out. Fifty five percent PR five uh, Maker's Mark cast strength finished with American oak staves that have been cooked in a conviction convection oven, I believe, uh, at low heat with a longer toast to amplify vanilla. Uh, SE four at five weeks uh, Maker's cast strength finished with French oak staves that have been cooked in a convection oven at medium heat with a short toast to draw out caramel. And then 13%, oh, excuse me, the last one was 32%. This one's 13%. SE4 at six weeks, uh, the same SE4 stave as above, with one additional week to draw out dark spice notes. Did they just look at, like, the old charter releases where it's like, it's in Mongolian oak, or it's in whatever, and they're like, hold my beer. I gotcha. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, they, they go nuts with mm-hmm. just getting a very, very specific thing. And they even mentioned that they had anywhere between, like, what, 60 and 100 trials of things. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty intense. Uh, 110.8 proof as well. Uh, and going to be about $60. I, I like, this is always one of those where I like the fact that it's uh, a pretty affordable limited release. Uh, and it's not all that hard to find. It really isn't. It really isn't. Uh, by the way, I, I apologize taking a quick break from the news. I, to, to set our palates for the Armagnac, we are actually drinking some cognac, too. We'll keep this around to kind of compare uh, between the Armagnacs and the cognac as well. Vsop. This is uh, VSOP. Corvosier. I'm probably butchering that. I apologize. Uh, this is an 80-proof product, uh, product of France. And, um, yeah, I don't know much about cognac other than uh, what I've learned by doing my research about Armagnac. So, <laughs> Well, see, here's the best part about this episode is generally I try to bring something to the table. Like I yeah. read up. <laughs> you had nothing. <laughs> read some articles. I'm coming into this blind. Yeah. No glasses on. You're flying blind. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, just yeah. one ginormous flying blind. <laughs> Anyway, back to the news. Uh, I I am looking forward to trying this. I don't know if I'll buy a bottle, but I will definitely uh, be on the lookout for it. So, could be really good. Uh, So, it is going to be, uh, as we said, 110.8 proof. Going to be released in September. So, coming up real quick. And, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to see what's coming from there. Maker's 46th. Uh, cast strength is also something that we should be on the lookout for at this time. Going to be, uh, I believe, 109.6 proof, but it kind of varies. Uh, 60 bucks as well, and it, it's going to be it's going to be out there for the general public. This one's a hard pickup for me. I yeah. I don't have any problem with with picking up a bottle of the 46 cast strength. No, and I I think. That this is a long time coming staple that that we just wanted. I mean, everybody's been waiting for this. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's something that's been kind of teased for a while too. I mean, it has been available at the distillery for a long time. It came out in that uh, that little gift set last year as well. But it, it's uh, it's nice to see that it's going to be not widely released. It is going to be limited edition. Uh, but still, it will be out there in the world for people who maybe aren't able to get to the uh, the distillery all the way out in Laredo, Kentucky. And I think one thing to point out uh, about this is I'm excited that this is going to be an accessible, almost like a pick for people. So there's a lot of people that really hinge on getting some interesting, uh, what are they called, the picks that they do? With the different staves. Oh, the the private selects. Yeah, so not everyone gets the private selects. We're very fortunate in Kentucky where sometimes you'll walk into a Total Wine and they'll have three or four for you to pick from. Yeah. Uh, so this is kind of just a new a new thing for people to you know get into and constantly see on the shelf. So we're going to be moving into some of the TTB labels that have been approved uh, by the government over the past couple of weeks. And uh, the first one is the Widow Jane The Vaults, which is, according to this label, a collection of their oldest and rarest. This particular product is 15 years old and 99 proof. Uh, It says it's distilled in Indiana and Tennessee, so it finally looks like... goodness. Finally looks like Widow Jane got their crap together and are actually saying... 
Blended and bottled by Widow Jane Distillery, Brooklyn, New York. Distilled in Indiana and Tennessee. Woo. Look at that freaking, freaking clarity. <laughs> oh, it's a beautiful sight. Uh, finally. It, and it's something that we've been uh, talking about <clears throat> for a while, too. How annoying it is that uh, <laughs> they haven't been as clear on their on their labels. But. Now, this is cool. I do like this. They they didn't put this anywhere else, but in the, the 2020 edition of The Vaults is a marriage of 15-year and older bourbons painstakingly selected from our, uh, our own extensive warehouse stock finished in unique Appalachian oak stat, or state, or casks. My bad. <laughs> you got there. Yeah, we have an audio medium. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> using five-year-old air-seasoned wood instead of the usual one to two years. So they also uh, have very specific casks these are going into. Yeah. Which yeah. is interesting. Um, I, I will say I'm more excited about this release than some in the past because they've added clarity to their label. But I know this is going to be every bit of 150 to $170. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to be cheap. I, I would probably err on the you know closer to two hundred dollar side if I'm being honest. Yeah, it's gonna be up there. So I would I would like to give this one a shot uh, when it is released, but I can't guarantee that it's something that I would be spending any kind of money on. Next product, uh, Millam and Green. This is the second product that we've seen from them uh, cross over the TTB recently. Uh, this is a barrel-proof straight bourbon whiskey aged 12 years from, I believe, Texas. Yeah. Oh, distilled in Tennessee and bottled in, in Texas. I apologize. Nice. So probably Dickel Juice? Probably. Wouldn't surprise me. Um, I The barrel-proof is very low on this one, 94-proof, but I don't know. Another Dickel, another source Dickel product. I'm not overly excited about this. Uh, no, I'm not either. I'm not either. Uh, I don't know. You're struggling with this one, aren't you? It looks like a coin. It does. I don't think the design is great. But... Barrel proof rare. <laughs> okay. Is that yeah. where that rare needs to be? Speaking of the opposite of clarity. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. I'm not going to spend too much time on it. I, because I do really want to talk about this next product as well. I will say, this is the first time I've seen on a label that they put Master Blender, but they left it without a name. Yeah, I guess it'll be signed. <laughs> they just. <laughs> we'll figure out who's doing that when we get around to it. Like, <laughs> Hey, Steve, it's your turn to the day. <laughs> Steve, just start signing stuff. That's fine. Yeah, we we're just going to say that you knew what you were doing. Uh, Old Carter is putting out a 13-year Kentucky bourbon. Uh, at barrel strength, 116.8 proof. Mark and Sherry Carter have been on the show before. Really wonderful people. You guys want to go back and check out that interview. Uh, I believe it came out in 2019, I think. We've been doing this for so long, I can't hardly remember anything anymore. Uh, <laughs> imagine what it's going to be like when we've been doing it for 10 years. Or when you have a kid. Or both. Just scramble the good old brain up there. It's I mean, fine. I'm gonna the, the kid thing's going to happen soon. So oh, yeah. That's, yeah. Anyway. I'm excited for this. I know that it's going to be <clears throat> expensive. <laughs> I don't doubt that, but I have always liked what Mark and Sherry have done, uh, especially with their older products. And at this proof, it looks like a winner to me. 
Yeah, I think this one's going to be solid. I, I am still waiting on them to do uh, wine finished. Anything. I mean, they've got that Carter wine brand yeah, that's just it, massive. It, it would it would be just second nature for them to do that. Yeah. And, I mean, I get that they're really trying to hone in and perfect the bourbon first because there's been some stuff that's like, it just kind of sits around, I'll be honest. No. Uh, but... I think that would. I'm I'm excited for that. That yeah. one I may splurge on when it comes up. Yeah, there's a good chance of that. This next product uh, I am not overly surprised about because I have been seeing some of them dropping in the wild. Uh, so this just could be the next batch. Uh, but the Old Pepper Distillery Barrel Proof Rye. Yeah, uh, 109.2. I I do have a bit of a bone to pick with this. Um, I'll see if I see if you can figure out what it is. Uh, here's Swanee. Distilled in Indiana. Yep. And how many times is Kentucky named on the label? Um, too many. Too many. Too many. Finest Kentucky oak. Mm-hmm. On the tax strips, the worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm. A, I'm a little frustrated by this. Yes, we do like the old pepper products. Uh, we like the folks at Old Pepper, too. We've had them on the show uh, a couple of times now, I believe. Yeah, no, I, I enjoy all of their products. Again, this is just going back to uh, the Widow Jane thing. The yeah, clarity it, is, transparency. is amazing. I, I don't care. You could tell me that you aged this in your backyard, and you live in a townhouse in the middle of Lexington, and I'm going to be like, does it taste good? If it tastes good, I'm cool with it. But if you tell me it was done in a Primo distillery, and I find out it was in your backyard, it's a little frustrating. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, these are not inexpensive products, too. No, they're up there. This is yeah. kind of in their uh, wheelhouse of like the 10-year bourbon they do, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But it is going to be a little bit more widely released than that. Have you not seen any of these on the shelf? No, I've seen a couple of the 10-years pop up, the, the bourbon 10-year. Right. But that's it. Gotcha. Well, that does it for our TTB labels for the week. Let's talk about some Armagnac, Swan. Uh, let's do it. <laughs> I'm going to learn so much today. So the reason that we did Armagnac is uh, a, a couple of reasons. Uh, the big one is that it seems like, and we can, we've been talking about this throughout the year, it seems like 2020 has been the year of aging bourbon in Armagnac barrels. Yes. They're uh, secondary aging them. And so I, I wanted Swan to kind of get a, a, a taste, a literal taste for Armagnac and uh, to, to see what this is all about. We have been uh, sipping on this uh, this cognac a little bit, too. Well, you have. I've not touched it yet. I'm scared. Oh, have you not? No. Oh, well, I'll, I'll give, you a, give you a chance to drink on that uh, while I kind of give you a, a bit of a rundown about what, uh, what Armagnac actually is. Uh, it is classified as a brandy, uh, technically. Uh, it is distilled from uh, white grapes. You didn't have a very good reaction to that uh, that cognac. Oh, it's just different. <laughs> that is a finish right there. Um, it's mostly sold and made uh, by small producers. Uh, it has has to actually come from uh, the Armagnac region in France, too. Oh, okay. So uh, there are, uh, I believe, uh, three different districts, uh, and, and I apologize. I, I do not speak French. My pronunciation is going to be terrible. But uh, Bas, Bas Armagnac, 
Armagnac Tenarize and Haut Armagnac. So <laughs> uh, it's traditionally distilled once, resulting in 50% alcohol. Uh, and it's supposed to be more fragrant and flavorful than cognac is uh, because there is a double distillation that goes on with cognac. Okay. So instead of stripping it of some of those alcohol flavors, those natural alcohol flavors uh, that would come with the double distillation, everything's staying pretty true. Okay. So they're kind of doing like the whole uncut, unfiltered thing with their distillation process as opposed to just like getting out the barrel chips. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it's uh, <laughs> it, it it's still proofed down for the most part, it seems yeah. like. Okay. Um let's see. Uh it's allowed to be sold under vintages. Uh when Armagnac's different ages have been blended, the age on the bottle refers to the youngest component. A three-star, or VS, Armagnac is a mix of several Armagnacs that have seen at least two years of aging in wood. For VSOP, the aging is at least four years, and for XO, six to ten. Um, most of what we have is pretty old, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, this first one, and this is actually the first bottle of Armagnac I ever had, and it was given to me by uh, Iverson from OBC. This is a Bass Armagnac, uh, Domaine du Berdet. See, I'm, I'm really killing it with my French pronunciations. Um, this is 80 proof. This is 21 years old. And it was distilled in 95. That's when I was born. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I know that I'm kind of missing a lot of the information on Armagnac. Um, this is mainly what uh, what we're, we're going to be doing is just tasting uh, and understanding these. I know, right? Yeah. Okay. So, and I think it's it's important too. We're, we're doing this in reference to maybe how this would impart on bourbon. Sure. Um, and just from what I smelled, I'm going to be honest, whatever we had first wasn't it. But this, <laughs> this is special. Yeah, yeah. So what we had first was this uh, this cognac from Corvoisier, Corvoisier. I don't know. Um. <laughs> you should just take all these words and put them in a Google Translate, <laughs> and then just let it just hit the speak, you know, speak to text. Or Drop whatever. in that audio. Yeah, 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 yeah. That'd be pretty funny, actually. Um, yeah. So this is the. <laughs> I can't pronounce any of this. I Darmaju Theory Bordelais. I don't know, man. 40190. Uh, this is 80 proof, as I said. Um, this was my introduction into Armagnac. So I wanted you to get introduced to Armagnac. Okay. I'm going to nose well. them side by side. As you the... should. Both are 80 proof products, by the way. See, this is like. And you're talking about the cognac. The cognac is like weirdly like a little meaty, a little minty. It's a little medicinal at times too. A little medicinal. It reminds me of when uh I've and I've done this a few times when we've made like homemade fudge. Um we we used like a mint extract. Mm-hmm. It just smells like that. Gotcha. And then this. 
Oh, man. I don't even know what uh, what avenue to go with this. It's very fruit-heavy. Very fragrant. No, no ethanol. No. I'm going to go ahead and taste it. I think you should. And, and you know, not knowing nearly as much about Armagnac as I do bourbon, I have said on occasion that if all the bourbons and all the ryes in the world disappeared magically. Oh, I could drink that every day. Armagnac would be my go-to. I could drink that every day. <laughs> How good is that, though? That is so good. <laughs> I will say it feels like after having both of these, uh, the cognac seems more oriented on having a finish this one seems like it's all about the palate and the nose yeah they just want you to have that experience Mm -hmm. because there is next to no finish on these no the the oak doesn't impart as much flavor does it have is it new oak or is it used i believe let me let me go back through my notes a little bit i thought it was new oak but there is a chance it doesn't specify. I think they're allowed to use either. Yeah. Like scotch. I, I'm I'm getting the feeling that it's a used one, especially based on the age. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, this one in, in particular is a 21-year-old Armagnac. Um, so that, that kind of indicates to me that it's a secondary barrel. Yeah. Whew. That is good. It's really that good, is man. good. Yeah. I'd be curious to see if anyone's done something like this where they're just like, it's not technically Armagnac, but it's Armagnac. <laughs> and we made it peated. Just, just, just something weird, man. Don't you see, though, and, you know, th- this is really, I think, indicative of why these distilleries are trying to finish their bourbons or rise in in some Armagnac barrels. You're taking something that's inherently more spicy and kind of mellowing it out, yeah, with a much fruitier complexion uh, on on the palate, and I, I think that it really does allow for th- there to be a layer of complexity that um, e- either can you know kind of impart on the other, yeah. And now, and another thing that I, I'll say with this, I love it at the proof point. And it makes me wonder if some of these bourbons that are coming out that I always, always want to see at like a super high proof point, do they need to be there? Sure. Uh, I mean, because I feel like this at 80 proof, I really enjoy it. I could even see Basil Hayden doing an Armagnac and me getting a little excited. Yeah, I'd get excited about it. Yeah. Because this is very, very welcoming at the at the proof point. Unlike their ten year rye, which I have seen absolutely everywhere for a limited release, it is sitting. Do you want to do you want to try a little experiment? sure <laughs> let's do it this is something i've been wanting to do with uh with wines as well uh adding a little bit of a bourbon to what the secondary finish would have been mm-hmm. and seeing what it actually would taste like okay i i'm looking at it because it's right there but i'm thinking rare breed do you want to do it with this one or do you want to do it with one we got a little more of i think we could do it with all three Oh yeah, yeah, buddy. <laughs> Hit me. me Should we do rare breed? Should we do like a one hundred and one or? Mm. What do you think? I'm inclined to do something higher proof. I am inclined to do something higher proof or Elijah Craig. 
I say just because that's a staple that we've we've said so many times. But the rare breeds call my name, man. I think we should go with the rare. Breed. The rare breeds call my name. Ugh. Let me get one more sip of this. Just yeah, absolutely, <sighs> absolutely. And I'm I'm gonna have just a teeny one as well because I I love, I love this so much. Mm. I always say Armagnac is basically if wine were a whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the best way for me to kind of describe it. So I I went basically what would equivalent equivalent. That's the second time in a week I said that. Equate to like a splash of the the Armagnac. So I went about an ounce with the the rare breed. All right. Either way, I'm excited. Me too. Let's let that live for just a second. Just a just mix it just together. Just a hair. Um, I guess we should talk a little bit too uh, about the difference between cognac and armagnac. Uh, I know we kind of touched on it a little bit, but uh, if if you're interested in hearing some more, oh, I'm trying to background. Learn. Yeah. Uh, so this is from VinePair.com. Uh, cognac and Armagnac are both French brandies made from white wine grapes. Unsurprisingly, Cognac is made in Cognac and Armagnac is made in Armagnac in the Gascony region. While the two carry similarities, they also have some differences. Both Cognac and Armagnac are made from an uh, as shockingly undrinkable wine. However, Cognac typically only uses the Uni Blanc grape, while Armagnac uses three additional grape varietals, Folle Blanc, Colombard, and Baco Blanc. This thin wine is then distilled for both brandies. Cognac goes through two rounds, uh, and Armagnac only goes through one, as we kind of said before. Uh, and that's basically what changes the end product. That's funny, because it seems like we had too much corn in the United States, so we distilled it. We made alcohol. <laughs> yeah. They made this shockingly undrinkable wine. They're like, what do we do with it? I'm like... <laughs> Knock the proof up, so at least if I gotta drink it, I'm getting drunk. And now we both enjoy them as spirits that are just wildly identifiable to the region. That is nuts. Here's something really interesting, too. I, while you can technically have unaged Armagnac, there's no such thing as unaged Cognac. Is the, oh, well, I guess the wine itself is aged? Well, the distilled spirit is aged. Oh. Yeah, from the, yeah. from the wine as they distill it, and and crank it up and proof, then it is aged afterwards. I'm gonna be honest, I just don't like it. You just don't like the cognac. I just don't like it. That's fair. That's fair. I just don't like it. I've got a funny cognac story though, and the, this that's actually the reason why I have this. This <laughs> okay. So, um, it was before Lucy and I got married, and my my grandfather on my dad's side had had passed away and it was in that period kind of where I was still having like dreams and thoughts about him and everything. And I had this dream that I was walking into his house with this, it was, it was bigger than a handle. I mean, it was just this massive bottle of cognac and he just looks at me and goes, Oh, is that for me? And he's just so excited about it. My grandmother, like, he's, he's, like, looking at me. My grandmother's behind him, and she's just looking at me, shaking her head, going, no, 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 no. And so I thought it was one of the funniest things, and my parents actually got me a bottle 
of this for our stock the bar party. Which, by the way, if you're getting married, stock the bar parties, mm-hmm. amazing. Especially if they know that you're a bourbon drinker. Yeah. It's good stuff. Um, I got some great bottles from that. I can't even remember them all. I'll have to go back and look through it. Anyway, uh, that's why I have the, the cognac. But uh, Gotcha. Have you tried this little blend yet? I have not. No, I nosed it. Um, I'll be honest. On the nose, okay, it's doing better now. It it's didn't made blend. it fruitier. It made it fruitier, but it didn't blend well. Like, I get ethanol and then fruit. But now it's definitely more like cohesive. It's kind of like an oatmeal raisin cookie. Yes. <laughs> oh, I, I really like the nose on this. I also like that we took something as high quality as Rare Breed as our kind of base bourbon. <laughs> Son. That's. Ooh. Oh, I'm on board with that. I'm on board. Yellowstone, you got me. <laughs> I'm buying you. I am. You're buying the whole distillery? Uh, nope. Nope. You're, you're buying Stephen Beam out of his shares? I wish. Stephen, That'd be kind of cool. What about Stephen Fonte? Him? Yes. <laughs> Life savings I'd spend on that man. He is just a gem. Don't, you're not buying him. You're buying him out of his shares in the company. No, I'm buying him. <laughs> He's amazing. <laughs> Fair enough. Just want to hear him say like sensational, <laughs> just wonderful. Just describe every whiskey what's to the, me. What's the word that uh, effervescent? Effervescent. Effervescent. Behind that thick southern mustache. Good stuff. What a what a human. This is delicious, by the way. It is, man. It's it so is. Good. I, you know, and I struggle with it too because I was like, maybe we should do Elijah Craig because I don't feel like Rayer Breed needs to be messed with. It's so good by itself. I don't think that it does either, but I think you're taking this high quality, high proof spirit mm-hmm. that can already stand well on its own. Not that Elijah Craig can't, but I think that if we did blend something that was similar in proof, it it wouldn't be able to impart flavors one way or another in the way that this has. Mm-hmm. Mm. With with Armagnac being inherently low proof, I think that it just screams blending something with a higher proof to balance it out. Because think about it, you're taking you're taking a cast strength bourbon and finishing it in a barrel that housed a low proof product, a low proof spirit. Yeah. So you want that balance. You do. Yeah. I or maybe you do. Maybe I, I'm just. I love this man. <laughs> <laughs> and this is just blending. This isn't even finishing. But yeah, it's really good though. It's so good. If I was a bartender, I wouldn't make cocktails. I would just like blend it together. <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's a cocktail. It's fun. It's all good. Just a splash of armagnac and rare breed there. Throw throw a like a a not maraschino cherry, like a natural cherry in there. Yeah. Just call it uh, a Manhattan. <laughs> Swanhattan. Yeah, Swanhattan. <laughs> Swan in a hat, uh, and he's tan. Yeah, no, this is—it's just solid. I'm impressed with this. I am too. Do you want to move on to the next Armagnac? Yes. What's the proof on that one? So this one—it's uh, got a 95 degrees. I'm assuming. Uh, that's oh, that means 95 proof. 95 proof. Sorry, that's how I—that's how I label it. Gotcha. This one's 88.6 proof. Okay. Do you want to do that one first? Then I say we do. We just have some rare breed, but I'm I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
so actually, these other two samples uh, both came from Fred Gilbert. <laughs> Man, he had some interesting stuff. I am always impressed when somebody comes through, and and it's never, it's not just like, here's the new special release I spent to a little too much money on because we all do it. You know, we always jump well, for yeah, like of one release out of the year, and then it's like, let me just share. Let me yeah. just. Let me, I'll introduce this to everybody. But I like do, I like doing that too. What he did it with just weird stuff, different weird stuff you never would think to actually buy in yeah. any normal capacity. And his tasting notes are phenomenal. Oh, he's got a great palate. Yeah, his palate's ridiculous. But no, it's uh, As, I don't know. He could replace the other Fred. Yeah. <laughs> Fred v. Fred. Let's just get him. And then Freddie Johnson and Fred Minnick all in a room. And then just throw in six boxing gloves and just go, fight. I don't want that to happen to any of those people. In a, in a big bottle of whiskey. I don't want that to happen to any of those people. Yeah, me neither. I never... <laughs> <laughs> then why just suggest it, Swan? Don't worry about it. All, all right, right, this one? All right. So, I... Ooh. Do you want to... Oh, I have, the, I have the sample bottle. This is... Oh, my gosh. Lujan, vintage 2000, Boss Armagnac, 19-year, 88.6 proof. So slightly younger uh, than the one that we just had. And uh, actually aged, distilled uh, a few years later than uh, than the, the first one. Now, I noticed you said these are done in vintages. Are you meaning like... How wine, like it's a 2017 vintage, or if it's like yes, so it's not necessarily oh, referring to vintage. It's just like a year and in, dis- in distillation. Yeah, this stupid fly better enjoy his uh, final moments in his <laughs> his blended uh, bourbon and armagnac. This one, it's got more oak being imparted for me, even though it's at a younger age. Yeah, it's got more spice to it as well. I think on the nose. Yeah, it's got kind of that like. Booker's-esque spice, not necessarily the heat, not necessarily the same profile, but just like very heavy spice, mm-hmm. and I, I like that. Yeah. I think coming off of an 80 proof, too, we're seeing more flavors being present at a higher proof. That's true. Product. Spirit, I keep wanting to call it a whiskey. It's definitely not a whiskey. It's a brandy. Yeah. So I, I have to, <laughs> I have to adjust my my brain space for this it just smells like preserves and a little oak oh that what is so if, good what if wine finished in armagnac barrels yes <laughs> yes finish everything in armagnac finish everything and everything i'm always down for like a new experience in bourbon it might get me to try wine because the only ones that I've had wine wise so far are like crappy boxed wine. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then like I, I splurged on some 502 distillery stuff <laughs> that they did like a bourbon finished, a bourbon barrel finished. So 19 Crimes just came out with a new red wine. Do you know about this? No. It's I, I, I it's a collaboration with Snoop Dogg. Oh, that's phenomenal. Do you want to try it? Oh man, I don't know about that. What 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 kind of wine is it? It's just a red wine. A California red wine, I think is what they say on the label. 
you want to lump that into our we could <laughs> our final we could i think that would be really fun to try a little blend with too that's true with the bourbon if I get an opportunity to say Snoop Dogg in a uh, Snoop Dogg Snoop Dogg in a in a episode, <laughs> I'm all for it. What is Snoop Dogg? Is Snoop, Snoop Dogg Snoop Dogg it's, the it's kid? When your dog sits on the front porch. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's on the front stoop. What was Snoop oh. Kid from? Is that Hey Arnold? Maybe I'm not sure. I don't actually know what that is. Uh, doesn't matter. I like this one uh, better, actually. Do you? Nose-wise, yeah. I think I like the first one just a little bit better, but I can see why you would. This one leans more bourbon-esque. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Mm. (laughs) And it drinks more bourbon, too. Oh, for sure. Wow, that is good. This one has a finish. This one has a great finish. This one has a finish. The last one did not. I like this a lot. A lot. I will say it's very hard for me to pick out flavors because if you're looking at like a flavor wheel, they basically took the flavor wheel, put a little slit in it, folded it in half, and then made another (laughs) half of the flavor wheel. I mean, it's just... It does feel like that. I it know. is wildly yeah. opposite from what I'm used to drinking, but I'm not upset with it at no. all. No. This one definitely does lean more into the spice than, yes. than the previous one does. It's making me feel like maybe we should go with a different bourbon. This one, I think, needs a more mellow bourbon. I was thinking Rebel 100. Do you want the 10 year? No, 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 no. Let's not do that. Why are you continuing to reach for it? <laughs> I thought it was in my bag. Yeah. It is in your bag. The Rebel... The 10-year? Yeah. Yeah, it is in your bag. Do you want the Rebel 100? Yeah, I want the Rebel 100. Let's do it. Yeah. Ta-da! Heck of a cork pop there, Swanee. Thanks. <laughs> I thought maybe my voice would get a little bit more lubricated as we were going on, but no. it's gotten worse. Yeah. It's really gotten worse. I need a break from <laughs> from alcohol. Uh, <laughs> and talking. And talking. Yeah. I'm just going to have a... Uh, not a not an interpreter. Oh, my goodness. Did we go right for this? Yeah. Yeah. I will say there's something to be said about having a rye present in this kind of a blend. I think that's fair. But the the weeded, if you're just trying to stay in the same vein and allow some flavors to pop up, it's special, man. It is special. Maybe Weller should incorporate Armagnac finished in the Maybe line. Weller should just put out their regular products instead of trying to keep introducing new things to their line so that we can get the things that we've always liked instead of trying to change the game up again. Well. <laughs> just gonna, I'm just I'm just saying. Just going to drink with the cats over here, I'm you know. <laughs> Come here, Burleyos. I like this. I do too. I do think it's much more mellow. It is much more than the first one. Oh yeah. But I still think, I think it's got a a a really inviting quality to it. 
I will say the nose is interesting. I don't get much on the palate. It overtook it, which is strange. I think maybe the qualities are too similar. Yeah, I think a rye bourbon is probably going to impart more flavor. I thought it'd be the it. opposite. I thought this one would kind of take a back seat and let the yeah. Armagnac really shine, but no, I do like the rye bourbon mixed with it. Yeah. We, I, I, we probably would have been fine just going with the rear breed again. Yeah. To be quite honest. But r- regardless, oh, are you going for a, for an infinity? Yeah, we're starting Blue. it. I'm not putting that cognac in anything. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just going to finish off the cognac on its own and then move on to, uh, to something else. By the way, um, we are drinking these out of Glen Cairns. We should probably be drinking them out of Snifters. Yeah. I mean, that's what most most folks do with brandies. So. I'm enjoying this quite a bit. I think it's, I do need to branch out because I'm so stuck on bourbon. I don't I know. have anything different. Even when it's hot outside, I'm like, give me some ECBP, man. <laughs> Let's go for it. Next to the pool, barrel strength whiskey. Like I need to, I need to branch out a little. This is. I feel like this is what you and I both needed as yeah. a, as a good break. Yeah. From bourbon to kind of reset ourselves, reset our palates, and and even our even our brains. Yeah, and it makes me wonder, too, that now that we've kind of messed with this, if there's any master blenders that would be willing to do this kind of collaboration with somebody. Because I've yet to see too many products come out that do this. We've got one product in your entire case that has blended with uh, port wine. But that's it. Everything oh, the, else the is dark finished. Rye? Yeah. I don't, but see, I think the problem that distilleries run into is what do you call it at that point? Because you technically can't call it a bourbon. No. I don't, I don't even know if you can call it a whiskey. I think you would have to label it as a blend. Yeah. Uh, or come up with something new, like Dark Cry. Like, what the heck is that? Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. But that's the thing. is, I, I feel like they're scared to do that because a you know saying something as a blend usually refers to like some Jim Beam eight star yeah, blended yeah, yeah. whiskey and everyone's just like, oh, I'm gonna steer clear of that. It it's it's definitely a phrase or rather a word that is frowned upon in the bourbon community. Yeah, and it shouldn't be because I think there's some people that really expertly hide the fact that it's a blend. It's like I mean, we just said on one of the TTB labels, that's the first time we've seen master blender yeah. on, on something instead of distiller. But but they find ways to work around it. They find ways to phrase it differently. Instead of saying it's blended, they say it's mingled. Yes. Or something like that. But it's literally the same process. Elijah Craig Small Batch is a blend of bourbons. Wild Turkey One, one Wild Turkey 101, rather, is a blend of bourbons. Most of what you see on the shelf, unless it says single barrel. Every small batch is a well, blend. Well, literally everything that doesn't say single barrel is a small or is a blend. Yeah, because uh, un- unless they're putting out one single barrel, which is technically a small batch, if you are looking at it from a technical standpoint, it- it's going to have some kind of blended process behind it. Mm-hmm. It's all about tasting notes. It's all about appealing to your repeat customers. Yes, they- there are all of us who are big fans of, of single barrel products. 
But small batch is the same thing as saying blended. Yeah, and they're so nervous to to really boast that. Like, look mm-hmm. at BT when they started doing uh, they started doing Eagle Rare. Wasn't that at one point like a single barrel? bourbon like they just dumped it and then they started with a 10-year single barrel and then they moved it to the back and then they like kind of shied away from saying it's like a big blended product i think it's still single barrel okay but still like they're moving it to the back they're in that like weird potentially transitional phase where it could go from like 10-year single barrel boasting it on the front to taking it off the neck tag and only putting it on the back and then maybe they strip away and do like a it's now a small batch, and I mean, they. There's people that just ease into those transitions super easy. Honestly, if you came out and said it was blended, I'm not going to be upset. But I, I don't have any problem with it either. No, honestly, I'd almost prefer that because at least I know that every bottle I'm going to pick up is the same. There's some bourbons that I do look for that just huge discrepancy in flavor between yeah. each one. Knob Creek single barrel. I want them to all be different. Yeah. I don't want to pick up five picks and be like, "Cool, about the same bottle." Henry McKenna ten. I want it to be different every time. Yeah. For the most part, blend it. I love it. Yeah, I love I, a good I'm, small I'm batch. So this next and final Armagnac that we're having, uh, again from Fred Gilbert. This is the Delord Armagnac 20-year uh, 1998 vintage at 95 proof. This is the most wine-like that I've sniffed. Interesting. Yeah, it is a lot more floral. Wow, it is floral and sugary sweet. Yeah, it is very sugary is what I'm picking up mostly. See, now it's getting me thinking, like, what do we do with the blend on this one? This do we go one, back to Rare Breed? It's a fun staple. Let's do something weird. Let's do a rye bourbon. Like a, or like a rye. Like a rye whiskey? Like yeah. a high rye rye? Yeah. Or or just uh, rare breed rye. I'm just looking. Yeah, we could do rare breed rye. You got Elijah Craig rye there. Um, I'm telling you, man, the rare breeds have just been calling to me tonight. Let's so do it. We rare breed do rye. rare breed rye. Yeah. I love the nose on this. This is very very good. It smells. It, it really smells like a sugar cookie. It does. It does. It feels like a lot of like, you know, when restaurants say they put a reduction on something. Mm-hmm. I, I, they just, it smells like something they'd put on like a, a good steak, like a reduction or something. Oh like yeah, it absolutely just, does. I don't know. And I always go for like, I want that like oak heavy, just like kind of like really, really like dense bourbon for yeah. a good steak. This is also super complimentary. <laughs> this would be great with a steak. Yeah. I can't keep nosing it. I've got to taste it. I'm keeping nosing it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Let's go in. Oh, my goodness. Wow. By far the most complex we've had. Yeah. This has a very shifting palate from middle to end. Mm-hmm. Finish is not super strong very very like you can tell it's wine of some sort yeah i mean it has it it is very reminiscent of a wine yeah you can tell tail you can tail its origins <laughs> you can't can pronounce them but you can tail yeah absolutely you can you can see where this came from for sure i don't yeah. I, I wonder if this is the the equivalent of like 
a grain forward bourbon? Maybe. I don't know, but this is also a 1998 vintage, I'm learning. Uh, and I mean, it. I don't know. Yeah. This is a very specific flavor profile. I will say already I'm noticing there is more variance between flavor profiles in Armagnac than there are in bourbon. I feel like in bourbon you kind of have a more narrow field. And I've seen a lot of people that are like whiskey tubers that do both scotch and bourbon say bourbon's kind of like, you know, the color spectrum on what we can see. It's super small. Yeah. And then scotch is just this like the entire color spectrum we can't see added in. It's got so much more variety. This is no different. It's in the scotch territory where it's like, it's got a huge variety of flavor, uh, which I'm perfectly fine with because I I love, obviously, I love a good strong, like meaty bourbon, savory qualities and stuff, but it's not earth shattering different than, than something, you know, on the opposite end of bourbon. This is just way different on every pour. I have really enjoyed all of these, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it, it, it reinforces my earlier statement that if I had to select a different spirit after bourbon and rye disappeared from the world, it would be Armagnac. Absolutely. I, I just, I can't... I can't deny it. I just can't quit you, Armagnac. Do they? I'm really tired. <laughs> yeah. Do they ever bourbon finish Armagnac? I would be interested in trying it. I love. I love a good role reversal. Yeah. How long would you have to age it for, uh finish it for? Uh, Doesn't probably, matter. You just really liked what you smelled. Just probably there. not. That long, because it seems like they leave it in these used oak for like years and years and years to impart yeah, yeah, flavor. Yeah. And then on the opposite end, the second you put it in new cask, everyone's worried about it getting too tannin forward. I'm going to throw a little bit more of the Armagnac in. I left quite a bit in my glass. Yeah. Ooh, see, this one is subtle on the nose. <sighs> so good. <laughs> That's such a gentle but inviting nose. Really mellowed out that kind of harsh like rye kick <clears throat> that this one has. It did, yeah. And and rare breed rye is a hundred percent of the way the most rye forward rye whiskey that Wild Turkey has put out. Yeah, the one on one rye is like very uh rye bread. This one's like I'm gonna take <laughs> Like the physical rye grain and just like put it in your mouth. Like it, it is there. Chew it up. Yeah. Just eat it. Rye bubble gum. Like it's. Just... You make it. Oh. oh. That's disgusting. Nope. That's never pull fleshy piercings level. Long time listeners of the show, you know what that means. <laughs> oh my goodness. That one's like a pinball in your mouth, man. Just bouncing back and forth. It's really good. I'm keeping that one separate. I think I might have to as well. I'm keeping that one separate. That is so good. Maybe we've stumbled on something. Maybe I was we should just put this thinking episode that. out. 
and just like split <laughs> a few things, put it out. Be good. I think that I I don't even have words for it. Like this is something that I've been thinking about doing anyway for a while with bourbons mm-hmm. and taking a couple of drops of red wine, dropping it in to simulate finishing and seeing what happens. I think this it. it's one of the reasons I wanted to bring the the Snoop Dogg wine out. Yeah. But uh, it's fine. Whatever. I think we should do that another time. Just full dive into that one as well. <laughs> I'd be curious to have a follow-up episode to this. Just a proposition here. What what if we did a couple of blends and then we took them uh and had Dixon back on. Oh gosh. To try them. Um Dixon's going to be on the show here soon, actually. Yeah. Could you imagine sending him some Armagnac bourbon blended things? See what his perspective is? Uh, he he would either be all about it or just punch me right in the face. It's, I mean, hey, that's a risk, man. You could do it. You could do <laughs> I'll it. I'll take it. I'll take it. I wouldn't mind doing that with a, with a couple of these. Yeah, I, I think it'd be interesting. And, you know, maybe there's some weird logistic that we just don't understand about blending two separate spirits yeah. that are very defined within the market together. But, I mean, this just works. Right into the show if you know something about this in terms of definition. Because this has been really something that I would like to reach out to other people to un- understand their, their perspective on it. I'd call Fred Minnick right now. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. It's 7.30. He's winding down for the evening. No, 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 no. I would not do that to Fred. I also wouldn't put him in a boxing ring with Fred Gilbert and Freddie Johnson. I feel like Freddie Johnson's, like, I've been practicing my entire life. I'm so friendly. I'm so, like, customer-oriented in Buffalo Trace. And then, like, in his spare time, he's got, like, a punching bag in his garage. He's ready to go. I feel like he's got that. I feel like he's just got that in him, man. I'll try to get a ruling out of Fred, though. <laughs> Was that the the Armagnac? Cognac, or excuse me, the cognac. Apologize. Asked Fred, "Can I get a ruling on what bourbon blended with a non-whiskey spirit would be called?" Should I clarify? No, leave it bland. I'm, I'm gonna see. Okay, I'm gonna see what he's got for us. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if he. Uh actually responds we'll come back to it here in a little bit this has been a really fun episode this has that, man. this was nice to kind of step away from what we normally do with just tasting a bunch of different stuff that is in the our, our basic wheelhouse yeah it is it's definitely expanding my horizons i think we need to do and we've made the joke in the past this is my like tequila podcast or something <laughs> but genuinely i think it might be worth doing because they have a lot of uh bourbon finished tequila right now yeah 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 and maybe that might be worth trying uh because my experience with tequila is basically just getting a sniff of the prestige or like whatever brand that's like super bottom shelf eight bucks for a handle yeah just right crap and just mixing it into margs or taking a shot of it and being just (laughs) regretting so much so maybe like a a nice shot in so long see and and that was even like pre-COVID. See, like a I, shot is just something I'm not interested in doing. 
I met Diane when she was in the tail end of college, so unfortunately shots have been uh, <laughs> still in my in my wheelhouse. Uh, but in your repertoire, yeah. Uh, Somebody says, "Hey Swan, let's break out something for the 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 main crowd," and you're like, "How's how's a shot sound?" Yeah, it's like if a musician you know is like told to play a song and it's just wagon wheel. <laughs> Oasis gets up there and they're just like, I'm really excited about this new song. And somebody screams in the back, Wonderwall! Wonderwall! Freebird! Freebird! <laughs> I don't know. Ugh. I bet the only way I can take shots of bourbon, honestly, is if it's just absolutely chilled. Like, just leave in the freezer. But even then, it's just... Oh. I don't like taking shots of bourbon. I just don't really ta- like taking shots, period. No. They're not fun. No. You know what I do like, though? What's that? Is when people call in for our barrel ring segment. Do we have one this week? We have a barrel ring this week. Oh my gosh. I am so excited for it. This comes from Bill Robarge of Beer Lovers, Wisconsin. And I'm I'm really, really pumped for this one. Uh, I hope you guys are as well. But uh, we're going to check out what, uh, what Bill said here. Hair Bear. Swan. Whoever else is listening, this is your friend Bill over in Wisconsin, Beer Lovers of Wisconsin. It's a nice Friday night. I'm enjoying myself at Jim Beam Double Oaked, twice barrel on ice, and a friendly little uh, rocks glass. And I got to thinking, why not give you guys a call and say hi? Kind of curious, too. Are you a beer before liquor kind of guy or a liquor before beer kind of guy? Anywho, great talking to you guys. Have a good one. Beautiful ending there. <laughs> That's great. I to to his question, if you couldn't understand, just in case, uh, he asked, "Beer before liquor or liquor before beer?" It doesn't really bother me one way or another. I mean, I've tried it both ways. I don't have a preference. See, I just you just don't, don't drink. drink beer. Yeah, I just don't drink beer. You've always been into the hard stuff. Yeah. You're like the, the the guy who does heroin who's never tried marijuana. <laughs> Just started with the good stuff. Yeah. No. <laughs> never looked back. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, beer bourbon is not as bad as heroin. Please don't associate that. <laughs> please, please don't. Caveat. <laughs> Heroin's real bad. Yeah. I need to put a like a, an addiction hotline number below. No. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. All right. Uh, I I really don't have a preference. Um, I like, I like a bat and a ball, drinking a beer and a bourbon at the same time. Uh, sidecar, they call it too. But honestly, it doesn't really. I, I I just don't have a preference, one way or another. Yeah. No, I'm I'm honestly when I, the times that I have had beer, uh, I usually just I stick to one. Like I I just all beer or all liquor. I just I don't do either. You've always had like crappy beer though yeah i'm just not i'm not i don't want to waste anybody's good beer when i don't enjoy it you know it's awfully kind of you i just can't i don't know it's not for me (laughs) well uh if you would like to call in for our barrel ring segment you can do so at 859-428-8253 you can leave us a voicemail and we will respond to it on the show just like we just did and that means now swan it's time for our famous segment that everybody loves and tells us that they love on 
many different platforms, tips and bits where we recommend things to people, not always bourbon related, but sometimes it is. Do you have any tips and or bits for the listeners this week? Tips and bits. Yeah. So, uh, I have a fairly like, I'm getting text messages right now. Uh, but it's, my job is very, uh, high paced kind of can take over your life if you don't let it. I've not taken a vacation, uh, in eight years. It's the first one I've taken. Um, if you get the chance, take a take a vacation and just put your phone down, get away for a minute. It is the most wonderful thing. I intentionally rented a place that had crappy cell phone signal <laughs> with no Wi-Fi and literally just had a cat and a, you know a DVD player with a few DVDs. I watched The Hunger Games. The Hunger Games are fine. Not my favorite, but I watched them. <clears throat> Highly recommend just a getaway time. I mean, it, it it's just, it's nice. Once a year, just go out in the middle of nowhere and just chill. It's so relaxing. Um, it, it's just, it's definitely something I'd recommend for everybody to do, especially if you live in a big city. If you live in a giant city, yeah. just take the time to get away for a few minutes. It's been a while since I've had uh, a getaway where I haven't had my phone on me. Yeah, it's it's so nice. You know, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's going to be called fatherhood here in a few weeks, though. Yeah. For me. Yeah. She hit 33 weeks on Friday, man. Mm-hmm. We're, we're really in the home stretch now. Yeah. I mean, you know, four or five weeks from now, could be a new popper Ritter on the scene. Yeah. So, not having a phone... <laughs> It's just going to be me changing poopy diapers. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm I'm excited for you, man. It's going to be too. I think it's going to be adventure an adventure for you that no one can properly prepare for. No, as much as you not. like, you know, get the stuff for the for the kid and the clothes and the diapers and you're just ready and you've like learned how to change a diaper, you're literally so fast you can put a diaper on a watermelon. <laughs> like all that's great, but I'm sure it's just one of those things. It's like you just don't know till you know. So I'm I'm excited for you. I'm I'm pumped for it too. It's just I'd hope so. <laughs> You're in it, man. I don't have any other. So I'm taking this one back. <laughs> well, I'm going to recommend something that I just discovered over the weekend as being a thing that I didn't know I needed in my life, but here I am uh, in a world post not knowing that this existed the baconator pringles (laughs) yes um i woke up friday morning Mm -hmm. feeling like everything was fine this is the world that I, i exist in and then by the end of the day i knew that baconator pringles existed Mm -hmm. and to, to quote a great lyrical genius, my life got flipped, turned upside down. And I am happy to have been graced with the presence of something as incredible as the Baconator Pringles. So for those of you who don't know, the Baconator is easily the best burger at Wendy's fast food restaurants. And Pringles had the great idea 
to distill that into a couple of different flavors uh, that would then go onto a chip and would then go onto a shelf, then go into my car and then my mouth. Mm -hmm. And I then praise the chip gods for allowing me to experience something so wonderful as the Baconator Pringles. And um, I have uh, three tubes of them right now. Uh, I don't know where I can find them locally. I found these <laughs> in uh, uh, near Lake Cumberland. I will get you some, Perry. Swan. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have too many in my house. <laughs> Listen, as you mentioned, fatherhood is coming up. So I will get you like 20 of them. <laughs> I can't decide if that's something that I need or if I really need. Forget about E.H. Taylor tubes. We're going to get you some Baconator Pringle tubes. That'd be a great way to smuggle bourbon. If it was the right size. (laughs) Just in a Pringles tube. (laughs) If it was the perfect size and height and everything. Might work. (laughs) Don't let anybody get any any ideas or anything. I do have an update from uh, said Fred Minnick. On what uh, a ruling on what bourbon blended with a non-whiskey spirit would be called. He gave me three different options. Okay. He said distilled spirit specialty is how they have been labeling them. There are some classes that, like Canadian whiskey, uh, allow a small amount of other materials to be blended. If it's grain-neutral spirit, it would be blended whiskey. So it's more than likely going to be... Distilled spirit specialty, I think. Distilled spirit, distilled spirit specialty, or blended whiskey. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Because it is still Good distilled. Yeah, they're both distilled products. Yeah. That's uh, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, I think that just about does it for this week's episode. Thank you all so much for listening, as you always do. This has been a really Fun week for the show. Uh, if you are, of course, a Patreon member, you get the pregame chats this week. And tomorrow, you're going to be getting the last call, which uh, I know I've been a little bit behind on, but things are happening, and they will be out soon. Swan, thanks for being here, I guess. Thanks for letting me try a bunch of Armagnac. Yeah, how about that, man? Mm-hmm. And I- to Fred. Thank you so much, Fred. Yeah, Fred. Goodness gracious. Not Fred Minnick. I mean, thank you to Fred Minnick, but yeah, also thank you to Fred, Fred Gilbert. Gilbert. Yeah, Fred's a good dude. Swan, where can people find you on social media? I'm at my bourbon finder on Instagram and Facebook. And I am at Purator1492 on all social media channels. You can find the show itself at my bourbon pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can leave us a five star rating and review on your podcast app if it allows you to do that. And on the iTunes podcast app, that's where most of our reviews are taken from. We actually have a new review to read out this week, Swan. Are you ready for it? Yeah, hit me with it. All right. So this one uh, is coming to us from Hassenpfeffer. (laughs) Uh, Five stars. They said, genuine and entertaining. In a world full of taters and snobs comes a group of friends being real, tasting good bourbon, and just having fun. I look forward to every episode. The distillery news and the label updates are great for the whiskey nerds in us all. The guests are intriguing, and even the tips and bits are a fun distraction and a good way to get to know these guys. Keep it up. It's fantastic, So man. thank you, Hassenpfeffer, which is by far one of the best uh, <laughs> usernames 
we've seen so far. <laughs> that's a pretty good one. Uh, if uh, if you want to review the show, you can do that wherever you are, and uh, we'll be able to to check that out. I have a couple of ways to be able to read those out here on the show. You can find all of our apparel and merchandise at bourbonshop.threadless.com, including masks to help your friends and loved ones prevent coronavirus spread. Absolutely. So please go and check that out. Uh, Once again, bourbonshop.threadless.com. You can become a part of our Facebook group uh, where we have a really good time, chat about each week's episode, and uh, get get some knowledge about what's being dropped around uh, our local areas. You just head to facebook.com and search for This Is My Bourbon Group. You can check out the live stream that I do on every Thursday evening at 8.30 p.m. Might be changing up the time here soon. I'm not entirely sure about that, but you just head to youtube.com slash This Is My Bourbon Podcast and you become a subscriber of the show. And then, last but not least, you become a supporter of the show at patreon.com slash Podcast for as little as a dollar a month. And for as little as $5 a month, you get to check out all of that awesome bonus content like the pregame chats and the last call. Swan, I say we, uh, we, we say a big thank you to one of our patrons this week. Who we got? This week, we have got James Dellinger who has been a patron of the show since November of 2018 at the $2 level. Really do appreciate you, James. Thank you so much, not just to him, but everybody who helps support the show in oh so many ways, not just in their monetary donations, but just sharing the show around, telling your friends about it, letting them know that this thing even exists in the world. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we, we appreciate growing the family. Yeah, it's good stuff. Good time. Next week, I'm not really sure. Well, we might have a couple of different options coming up, but uh, we're gonna we'll find out together. How's that sound? Could be a mutiny on the bounty from one particular bird who sits in the room with me. <laughs> coming in with uh, with some force here. <laughs> we'll find out together. But until then, I'm Perry and I'm Swan, and this is my bourbon podcast. <laughs>